The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Wow, do we have a treat for you today. It's an official hashtag say it with your chest Friday here on Talking Cowboys. Everybody's fired up because it's Browns week and we have AT&T Stadium to have a football game on Sunday as Cleveland comes to town. Baker Mayfield coming to town. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Miles Garrett. It's a whole crew, but Little do they know, they're going up against the hungry Cowboys team led by Mike McCarthy. We're going to get into all sorts of things here over the next 45 minutes. Once again, a little bit early today, 9.15 start time on Thursdays and Fridays due to the press conference from Mike McCarthy. But it is Talking Cowboys. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And guys, it's... Uh, it's always a little refreshing to get back on with you guys every Friday because we talk throughout the week, we preview the matchup, but now it's really kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty. You're a couple days away, you're one practice away from really seeing, uh, or I guess yesterday was our one practice, to see exactly where we might stand in terms of the injury reports. First off, Rob, we saw some uh, practice yesterday from Tyron Smith. Mike McCarthy alluded to it yesterday in his press conference, said that we were going to see some limited action from Tyron, but is that what ended up happening, Rob? Yeah, limited means, uh, you know, he was asked yesterday, because we talked about it, what's the threshold between not practicing and limited practice? And obviously, by limited, he got some teamwork in, apparently. So, and, and he was on the fan, Mike McCarthy was this morning, and apparently said uh, he's on course to play Sunday. So that's really good news if that continues to hold. Uh, and we talked about yesterday how Thursday's practice is always the key, because they don't practice on Fridays, and then they've got a, a very short practice scheduled on Saturday. So really good to see him there. Demarcus Lawrence uh, did not practice again Thursday, but it sounds like they're just trying to get him to the game, trying to manage that knee. And that's, you know, they've done that with him in the past with a shoulder injury that he's had. So, you know, I, I think he's going to play Sunday. The question will be how many snaps and how effective can he be? So do you think both Tyron Smith and Demarcus Lawrence end up playing snaps on Sunday? Based on what we're hearing right now, yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, we're going to talk about this offense, but what they've been able to do without Tyron Smith at left tackle, think what they can do if he's at full strength and, yeah. and they've got things shored up a little bit better on that left side. So that, that's, uh, that's pretty optimistic for what they, they might be able to continue to do and build on. Oh, man, that, that just gets me excited thinking about the potential there. Of course, Lyle Collins, who we thought was going to be returning right around this time. It's going to be a little bit longer for him. He still has not practiced, has not been activated off of IR. And even when that's happening, you're probably going to have to wait a couple of days, maybe even a week before he's ready for game action in terms of getting back in there and seeing starting time at the right tackle spot. We're going to talk about Tyron Smith, though, really quickly here. And the fact that if he does return, we've got a decision to make on the right tackle position whenever it comes to either 
one of the two guys that have come in and filled up that left tackle and right tackle position through the first three weeks of the season? Is it going to be Terrence Steele over at right tackle again? Or do you go with Brandon Knight, Isaiah, who it looks like, at least over the course of the first three weeks, has had a little bit more success than Terrence Steele? I don't know. I I don't really don't think it matters too much. I think those guys are both playing well. I think you're going to have to give give either you're either no matter who it is, you're going to have to give them some assistance either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to need to you know obviously we've touched on it. These guys chipping out the backfield. We touched on it in the film room. You're going to need somebody coming out the back. You're going to need some tight end assistance because of the techniques that these guys play specifically on passing down. So it really doesn't matter who's out there. They're going to be on an island and they're going to have their hands full. Hey, do you agree? It's a lot of musical chair. No, I, I, I do, and I just believe that it's going to be a lot of musical chairs going on with this offensive line until we actually get Leo Collins back. And promising news to hear uh, that Tyron Smith was, lim- was just limited in practice, but you know with him being a veteran, he knows the playbook, he knows his responsibility. I don't think we're worried about that. We just don't want him to continue to have to go through uh, these stinger issues. But Brandon Knight has, has proven to us in a very short period of time that he is serviceable. Uh, he you know, allows for, uh, I don't believe that he's given up a sack. He may have, I may be talking prematurely on this, but at the same time, if Tyron Smith is back and if we're thinking moving Brandon Knight to right tackle is going to help this team to get a victory on Sunday, then I'm all for it. You know, if you get a nickname from Zeke, if he nicknames you War Daddy, I don't know if Zeke came up with that, but um, <laughs> you're pretty you're good. Imagine. I mean, yeah, you got you got some talent. So I probably feel more comfortable about Brandon Knight than Terrence Steele at this point just because he started more games. And I think holding down that left side um, – that's, that's usually not as easy a job as right tackle. And it's a good nickname, too. It's not a bad nickname. Uh, you don't want a bad nickname from Ezekiel Elliott because <laughs> of what you're doing on the field. That's not necessarily the, at least the recipe for success. But in talking about the musical chairs, of course, yesterday we, we hit up the point about Tyler Biotish or Joe Looney playing at the center position, and we were split. Me and Heckma both thought, hey, let's give the rookie a shot, put the Wisconsin Remington Trophy winner at center and see what he can do as a starter against this Cleveland defensive line. And then Rob and Isaiah went with the experience. They went with Joe Looney saying, hey, let's let's keep it the same. Let's not change too many things up, especially against a good Cleveland defensive line. But whenever we, we talk about these injuries, and there's a couple of them to hit on, whether it is the tackles, whether it's in the defensive side of the football with Leighton Van Der Esch, even I'll throw Demarcus Lawrence into the mix, and then, of course, the corners. Who do we miss the most throughout the first three weeks of the season as we're heading into week four? Is there somebody that at least whenever you look at them being out affected on the sideline that man you would give anything to give it back to them uh, is there anybody that sp- sticks out to you Heckma why am I going to say Earl Thomas no oh. um, <laughs> no don't do that don't do that no I'm sorry let's, let's bring it back I don't want this show to go off the rails just in the first segment okay um, uh oh <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys uh, on the injury report. And, I mean, I'm just having to deal with who we have. And once you, you know, let us know what we were going to be talking about, I started my mind that the, the wheel started to turn on who is a guy that I'm missing. Obviously, left tackle, we know we need him. Lyle Collins, we're missing him. I just, Kyle, that's really a tough question, man. You, you're probably missing an iron this morning on that shirt. But oh. I digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> 
So you didn't even that answer that question. That just happened. You didn't even answer that the question? Did you just make happened. fun of my shit? Hey, this, oh That's all you do? My goodness. I want to hear your answer. Yeah, you know what? Oh it's Friday. My God. It's they're Friday, baby. Dang. That's that's that bachelor stuff, man. I'm just saying, dog. Wow. It's true. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> hey, hey, just true. so you know that. Hey. Kyle, I would never, I would never do you like that, Kyle. That just saying, dirty. just so you know. Don't you? Uh, uh-uh. yes, you would. Yes, oh, you would, Isaiah. Isaiah, yes, you would, Isaiah. You're my favorite new member of the show, other than Rob Phillips or Donnie. <laughs> Y'all are both tied. For I'm first. just saying. <laughs> Come on now. Now, can you please give me the answer to the question? You didn't even answer it. Who do I miss? Who's inspired by this debate the other day? Who do I? Who do I miss? I I miss I miss Tyron Smith. Okay, so that was your your answer. You just went on like a like a merry-go-round around it, and then didn't actually say anything. Very long, very long way of going about it. Isaiah, who you got? Yes, I'm going with the lone wolf. All right, the lone wolf. His presence is, is being missed because. Not only are teams averaging five yards per carry against the Cowboys right now, um, but this team that's coming in here averages over five yards per carry with their two dogs. So you need this dude in the middle. Jalen is not a middle linebacker. No disrespect to him. He, he can play the position. All right. Just like many people, I can go play punter too. Right. But that doesn't mean that's what I do. Um, you know, Jalen Smith needs to be able to have the freedom to roam free and run sideline to sideline. And right now he does not allowed to do that. We need Vander Esch back. We need him back a hundred percent healthy. I don't know if that's something that we would get. Um, but he is the most missed member of this team, and they are missing him direly. I love wardrobe talk because I used to do this show with Nate Newton, and he always took shots at what I was wearing. So <laughs> I was part of it. I mean, it's just just part of part of being on this show. Um, Dang. I I got to go with the cornerback position. Take your pick between Cheeto or Anthony Brown. They just need more numbers back there. They they need more options back there, and. Um, but does Gerald McCoy count? Ooh, yes. I know. I know he's not. I know he's. I know he's not on the roster. He would have been if he didn't have that quad injury. Yeah. and got the release via injury waiver. But I think they could use his presence inside for sure. Uh, trying to stop the run, trying to get more of a presence in that interior push, and and they just don't have that. But I will say Tristan Hill has done a really nice job working in there and battling and trying to give him something. Uh, with the extra snaps he's gotten. But I probably would go with corner just because, you know, Trayvon Diggs is a really talented rookie, <laughs> but he's the one constant back there. And that's that's really challenging for a second-round pick to come in and, be, and have that much on his plate right now because he's had some good moments and he's had some bad moments. And I think that's something that's kind of lost in this. And, and first off, I love your sleeper pick in, in Gerald McCoy because we were so excited about him and he looks so good in training camp, better than any of the other defensive tackles. And then whenever he goes down with the injury, that's a guy that I really wish we had in the interior of that defensive line. But I agree with you on the secondary, though, because going into the year, it looked like it was depth at, at corner, depth in the secondary. You had three guys that could start and then another three guys that – wasn't necessarily a huge drop-off. But now with Cheeto out, of course with Anthony Brown out, you, you're limited in your options, and you had to go get a Brandon Carr. You had to call up a Savian Smith. You had to find a way to, to really fill those holes with guys that, of course, aren't necessarily 
up to par, and I think that's where we've struggled here over the last couple now, of weeks. They, yeah, I, I, go ahead, go ahead. Heck, you get them first. I was, I'm Kyle, coming in right behind you. There, Kyle, do you do you believe that if uh, Anthony Brown had played last week, that he would have made a difference in the Seattle? Or Cheeto would have made a difference in the Seattle game. I think, yeah, either one of those guys would have made a difference. Uh, it might not have been a no, huge difference, Kyle. but you don't see the guys running 25 yards untouched down the field difference. Kyle, but, okay, Kyle. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you just on the, uh, just on the merit of. That's fine. Yes, we did acknowledge that this, this is going to be a very competitive secondary, right? We did not say there was going to be a competitive secondary full of guys that are locked down corners, right? That we don't have not one lockdown corner on this team. I think that is very competitive because there's not one person that distinguishes themselves above and beyond the others. That's why it's competitive. It's not competitive in the nature of that, oh, my gosh, you have a Ramsey back here, and then you also have a, a Daryl Rebus on the other side. Like, no, that's that's not what you have. You don't have any of those guys. And these first four weeks have not helped, right? It doesn't matter who you would have put over there. They're all going to get torched by one of these receivers, and that's okay. That's when you need your defensive coordinator to put you in the best situation possible, and he just hasn't done that. Well, I agree with you that, I mean, in terms of guys who have had extended absences I mean, you could argue between Tyron and Leighton, probably Tyron, best player that they're missing. Yeah. Leighton's the quarterback of the defense. So that, that is huge. I just, I'm just looking at it from a number standpoint of Daryl Worley's playing safety snaps one week, and now you've got to plug him into corner mm-hmm. uh, just to try to, get your, try to stabilize things. And, and I'm with you. I mean, the, the receivers that they're playing, they're going to give up plays. But I, just, I would just feel better about the position if you had a Cheeto back there, at least to – a, a big corner that can match up a little bit uh, and, and give them something else to throw at. But they haven't had it, and they've just had to make do for now. And also, Isaiah, what were you saying last week whenever we talked about the problems in the secondary? What was your one thing, if you had to put it down to one word, what caused a lot of those issues? Oh, it's communication. Thank you. It's it, communication. I if mean, yeah, so Brown, I, I, agree, I agree with you. Okay, if Anthony Brown and Cheeto Awuzie yeah. are in the secondary, do you agree the communication would undoubtedly be better just solely based on the fact that it's it's camaraderie, it's it's at least a familiarity in that secondary? Uh, I get what you're going. I, I see what you're putting down. I pick up okay. what you're putting down. Okay. However, the issues that occurred last week primarily occurred with the set with the safeties, mm-hmm. right? True. The safeties were the ones Woods and Thompson were back there looking around at stuff that they, they weren't responsible for. So that's what really got them in trouble because they were playing. I mean, you, and it's kind of frustrating to hear them talk about how all we have to pull back on what we're doing, dude. You guys were running high school coverages, right? You guys were running cover four. Cover two, cover three. Like these are the base coverages that you learn when you first put on a helmet. So this stuff's not complicated. But yes, communication was the issue, but it really occurred between the safeties at the cornerback position. Guys are just getting beat. Right. Plain and plain and simple. The guys are just getting beat. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of these zone, some of these zone coverages really turn into man coverages depending on where the receivers are aligned at. So even though they might be playing zone, as long as that person remains in your zone, that's man to man coverage. And these guys are just getting ran by. Hey, Isaiah, I had one question for you on that track, though. The the touchdown that – I mean, you have to cycle through which touchdown it was. But the, <laughs> right. the, the, the locket touchdown where he went across yeah. the field in the end zone. And Never Aikman, supposed to happen. Yeah, Not in that coverage. Aikman said in the broadcast it looked like maybe Diggs thought they were in zone on one side of the field and the other side of the field man. playing man. 
is no. that is that too much of a complex coverage or you know I, I don't I don't know or is, or is that just a mistake so that, a player? So for everybody that's out there, if you guys didn't watch uh, Kyle and myself do the do the, the film room breakdown, y'all go check that out. But this it was pretty it, it's pretty simple. You know they guys have those quarters right. So when you see our quarters or cover four, it's literally the four of us right. So we spread all the way across fifty three and a half yards right, and we're all splitting those up into quarters of the field. Those are our responsibilities. Now when somebody's in our zone, that's our responsibility. And it's pretty much man to man until he does what he goes over to your zone, Rob. Now I'm like oh. I, there's, there's, there's You're just passing there's, them off. Yeah, I'm passing them off. That's a red line. I can't cross that. That's not my area, right? So he's going over to you now. I just it's my job to alert you and make you known that somebody's coming over to you, right? And then when you're playing that coverage, they're going to try to cross you up because. It does get a little confusing when you have one dude in your zone and another dude's coming to your zone. It's like, okay, who do I go with? You have to go back to the bases and say, this is where I'm at. I have to trust that my other dudes are going to take care of their business. And when I don't trust that, that's when I when that's when I get committed to somebody that's not I'm, that I'm not responsible for, and I screw somebody else behind me. Rob, I think the most frustrating thing about that play is the fact that Tyler Lockett went from one side on the goal line to the other side <laughs> and nobody way. nobody bumped him at all. And maybe that's old school, but man, you got to touch guys. You got to put your hands on, especially in the goal line. It's a free release all the way across untouched. I, I mean, that's a that's one of the easiest throws, I believe, that, that Russell Wilson will make this entire year. Uh, we, we just didn't touch anybody. We didn't throw anybody off of their routes at all. And to see that happen on the goal line, a guy just run across linebackers and safety's face, it's, I don't know how you fix that. Hey, 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 there was another one, too, when they were on the goal line again, and everybody was down in the box, and they had a tight split with Lockett, right? Uh, Lockett had a tight split to the tight end. And Diggs was about half a man to a man outside of him, right? Which means that he was lined up outside with outside leverage, meaning he should never get outside of you to run to the flat. Perfect position. Perfect Perfect position. But because because, uh, Diggs had his eyes in the backfield, Diggs was looking in there like he was about to go in there and make a doggone hit on Carson. You're not getting in there to make no hit on Carson. While his eyes were locked in, Lockett looked at him like, all right. And got yeah. outside of him, and he was two steps outside of him. By the time he even realized, oh, it's not a run. It so was it's over. Like, so just do your as yeah. what we what we said in New England, and when I said in, when I was playing with the Giants is D Y J, and they say do your job and stop worrying about everybody else's responsibilities. Your job is to stick these receivers and play your coverage. You're not going to get cursed out by your coach for doing what they're asked to do. I think whenever you look at the secondary, the communication could be better. I think the the scheme might have to be simplified even more so than what we had even talked about because I know even Isaiah, like you said, they're running those high school, those college coverages, but it still seems to be a little bit more complex. Maybe, I don't know, it's tough to fix. It really is. And and we'll see how they do that against Baker Mayfield in this defense. Yeah, you can't make excuses. You can't make excuses at all, especially whenever you're in the week four of the season. No more of this. We we didn't have an offseason. We didn't have a long training camp. You're three weeks into the season. You're all professionals. I think this is the the week where you have to see a turnaround or else you've really got some issues on that defensive side of the football. Are you coming to the game this weekend? If so, make sure you know before you go. Wear a mask. Keep a distance and be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies before arriving at AT AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. Of course, that game coming up this week with the Cleveland Browns. When we come back, we've talked enough about the defense. I want to talk about something positive. How about, is this one of the best 
offensive attacks we've seen in Cowboys history we discuss and debate when we come back on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Back to talking cowboys. I can't. I can't even get back into the intro yet. Uh, Isaiah just roasted me in my shirt as much as I've ever had. But this is a cool shirt. You should go get it at the Cowboys Pro Shop. Uh, and no matter what Heckman and Isaiah say. I, I believe it's a cool shirt, and I'll try my best to not make it wrinkly for our viewers the next time around. My goodness, what a start to the show. Freezer fresh, had. man. Freezer fresh. Yeah, there you go. This is uh, this is Talking Cowboys. We're sorry for our shenanigans, but Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Welcome into Talking Cowboys. It's week four, episode five. And guys, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier whenever we talked about the defense and of course the defense has its own problems we have some issues whenever it comes to the secondary sure injuries sure there's a lot of things you can look at and put a down uh, or at least a down arrow a trending down arrow for the Cowboys on but one thing that keeps trending upwards is this offense and Dak Prescott yesterday in his weekly press conference came out and said hey this might be the most explosive offense I've been a part of now of course that's only dating back to 2016 but I want to ask, and, and Rob, we'll start with you on this one. Just how explosive is this offense in terms of the grand scheme of things in Cowboys history, and then also in Dak Prescott's short history with the with the franchise? I think he's right, and I think uh, it is the most explosive offense so far that we've seen since 2016. And and you know what? It's it's got a chance to be even better because. 
if they can just get some leads in games, you're going to see even more of the balance of this offense. Because I don't think we've seen enough Zeke so far, to be honest with you. Um, and we've seen the depth of the receiving core. We've seen a tight end group that has been able to withstand Blake Jarwin's injury so far. And we've seen them withstand a bunch of injuries on the offensive line. So I think they've got a shot to be even better than they've been. And they're 10 points away right now. I know it's only three-game sample, but they're 10 points away from being right on pace for the most points by a Cowboys offense in franchise history. Mm. And so that's that's really encouraging. But, um, you know, they've got to cut down the turnovers because not only does it hurt them, it puts the defense in a tough spot too. Isaiah? I, I don't know if you really want that record. <laughs> like, unless you're Kansas City, you know, I don't, I don't think you want that record because it insinuates that you're playing from behind. And you're gonna, you're gonna get yards, you're gonna get, you know, obviously you're gonna score for the most part when you're coming from behind. So I don't, I don't know that's something I want. In terms of, do I think it's the most explosive? It's hard for me to say that, Kyle, because you know, I came in, I came in my year, my rookie year was 2007. Oh, and yeah. we had a, we had a pretty doggone good offense, um, back in 2007 and a, maybe even better defense. Uh, so it's hard for me to go ahead and say yes, but I think talent wise, these guys have a lot, man. These guys are, are stacked. Um, at, you know, obviously at the receiver position, obviously at running back where they're not stacked is offensive line and they're not stacked at tight end. So, um, but they are scoring points. Um, but I, I want to see them do that against some of these, you know, some of these defenses that are like earlier in a game. I guess, I mean, I guess I'll put it that way. I don't want to say it against the starting defense. They're doing it against starting defenses, but I want to see these guys do it in, in, in a competitive manner, not toward, not when they're playing from behind and, and teams are, are playing, playing off coverage. Um, but these guys, they can, they can play ball, man. I just want to see them do it earlier. I think it's yeah, on paper, all the names and all the statistics that you see. I mean, it, it looks good. If you don't look at the records, the record and you look at the number, you see that these guys are trending in, in the direction of, all three receivers having 1,000 yards and Ezekiel Elliott having a great uh, season. But what does that equate to as far as wins and losses? I, I think you're still going towards Mediocreville and in a 500 season. There's, the Cowboys have been having to make these furious come from behind, trying, come, trying to come from behind to make it close. And that's just in, indicative of how bad we've been in the first quarter. Yep. What happens to this team when they actually get an opportunity to play with a lead? What happens to this team when they actually find that balance? That's what I believe we're all waiting to see because right now, every week, it's just, you know, it's becoming an event all in itself, this offense having to make this furious comeback to keep us in the game. And I feel like we're talking about last year. You know, <laughs> that, how, yeah. how, many how many times did we talk about slow starts last year? Yep. And 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 they were able to dig out of them just in time to, you know, either come from behind and win a, 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 a one score game, but most of the time lose it, you know. And so that's that's discouraging. But I will say points are up across the league for for some reason, and I think it's got something to do with uh, lack of road crowd. I mean, I, I you know I think if the Cowboys going to Seattle, yes. I don't I, I don't know if 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 they put up 31 points and I think I think they have a chance to get that record because they're going to go into places like Philly and Baltimore and they're not going to be dealing with that now the weather's going to get colder and it's going to be harder probably to, to you know air it out but I think they've got the chance to do it 
they just yeah playing from behind you just can't you can't continue to do that and 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 expect to win a lot of games well i kind of want to go off of a point that isaiah made just a little bit ago is the fact that you want to see these guys in a competitive fashion not necessarily competitive in terms of uh, a close game i mean we've had three straight one score games to start the season but like you guys have said it's been in come from behind fashion really i think the one time we may have gotten a chance to see that was against Los Angeles when the fact was you were leading 14 to 13 at halftime you had a chance in the third quarter to really uh, at least take the lead and extend your lead you didn't have a chance to do it really in any of the the three games other than maybe that third quarter against Los Angeles you could argue this has been a team that's gotten off to a slow start and has had to really kind of hustle their way back into the football game is that a reason why these stats are a little bit padded at the moment, especially in the Atlanta and Seattle game. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're you're, you're facing the best that, de- that that teams have to bring to you when usually in the first half. So, I mean, the first half is when your game plan is, is nice, it's tight, and, you know. And when you get a lead, we've seen it. Atlanta showed it two, twice this year, back to back, and they showed wow. it a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. When you get a lead, you tend to ease up. Right, you ease up. You start playing this, this kind of this blanket coverage on defense. Where it's like, hey, you can catch it. Go ahead. We're not worried about it. As long as you don't score a touchdown. Oh crap, our backs against the wall. <laughs> Shoot, you score. Right. So right. you start. You're you're willing to give up things when you have a lead, and that's why you're seeing these numbers inflated. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the ability of our team to be able to move the ball downfield and score points, but we haven't shown it against <laughs> these teams in the first half when they're bringing their absolute best, and the game is as competitive as can be. And so that's all I'm saying. I mean, I know we haven't seen Zeke. Why haven't we seen Zeke? Well, we haven't seen Zeke because we're putting ourselves in bad situations. We're not executing on offense when these guys have their best. And now all of a sudden we have to throw the ball to get back in the game. So when you throw the ball to get back in the game, guess what? You're going to throw 57 times. You're going to have a bunch of yards. Receiver's going to have a bunch of yards. Stats are going to be padded, but you're still one and two. So what can we do earlier in the game to put ourselves in position to be what we are, which is a run first team? I'm with you, Isaiah. That's run first team. I like how that sounds as opposed to abandoning the run. And we we have to do it, man. We've got to put ourselves in a position to find balance uh, on offense. But Isaiah spoke to this a couple of weeks ago that teams are going to stop. They're going to load up the box to stop Zeke. It's, this football is about imposing your will. We can't allow that to happen. And I'm not saying run against a, a 10-man front. I'm just saying, look, we have to establish that part of it of our offense so that we're not throwing the ball 60 times. And also, guys, we got to go back over a couple of these games. I think just the decisions to the punts that we with the fake punts and mm-hmm. all of the things that we've had to incur, uh, the, the mistakes that we've suffered as a team, man, there's so much to try and clean up. If you look at all of the, the past games and this is a team coming into AT&T Stadium, the Cleveland Browns are tailor made for the Dallas Cowboys. They are not going to present formation problems, their defenses and all that sophisticated. They are tailor made for us and the strengths that we have. So, look, I don't want to call this a feel good game, but just a lot of the things that the defense needs to do as far as pin their ears back and come after the uh, come after the quarterback. We can do that in this game if we can play with the lead instead of playing from behind. Yeah, that's how you're going to see Tony Pollard again, you know. For I mean, now he now he can't put the ball on the ground, but I think if that's where you can see all of your weapons when you've got a chance to be more more balanced. I just I mean, 
they they it was the disaster first quarter against Atlanta. But I guess I just point to that game more than anything and say the fact that you could fall behind by 20 points and be there for most of the game and still find a find a way to get 40 points and win it. I mean, you have a chance to be really dynamic offensively. Uh, but the, yeah, they're not they're not where they need to be yet in any phase of the game. That's the thing about this, and that's why it's a little unsettling so far. That reminds me of last year because we're, we it's complementary football. All three phases have to work together, and they have yet to have a game where all three phases play well. And until they do that, they're going to have trouble winning games. It's going to be close games. And but you know, but Rob, the way that this, this offense is set up and this entire team, they're set up to be a dominant force. Right. This I mean, this squad is stacked. Right. When you start looking at position by position, all they have to do is be stubborn on offense. Be stubborn. Right. You're not going to wear down the front line or, or the front line in the front seven of a deposing defense. If you abandon the run. Right. Like pound the dog on ball. I don't care if you go three series. Right. And just just freaking punching in these dudes face. Why? Because they're going to get tired. Right. That D line is going to get tired. They're going to get worn down. They're going to get fatigued. The offensive line is going to continue to build confidence. Right. They're going to impose their will. Zeke's going to get after it. He's going to momentum's going to start building. Then play action starts popping off. Right. The secondary starts getting their eyes in the back. So you have to be stubborn, and I'm talking to Kellen Moore. Be stubborn in the in your uh, in your in your pursuit to establish the run game. Do not abandon it. I don't care if you have three three and outs. Freaking pound the ball, right? Let these guys know that you trust them, and we're going to continue to get this thing established because otherwise, you're not going to have a successful season. Well, and that kind of based off of what. Heckman was saying earlier that this is a, a Cleveland team that is tailor-made for the Dallas Cowboys. The one thing that kind of worries me a little bit is the defense for Cleveland can force some turnovers. And the Cowboys offense, their one kryptonite, might be turning over the rock because we've seen that through the first <laughs> right. three weeks already. If, if you yeah. look at Cleveland, they forced those top five turnovers against Washington. Now, yes, I know it was the Washington football team of teams and whatnot over there in the, the East Coast and, and stuff for Washington. But I think whenever it comes to holding on to the football, that's going to play a huge key in the first quarter is just – Finding a rhythm, establishing the run, finding a way to get Ezekiel Elliott the ball and hold on to the ball for Zeke and Tony Pollard if you wanted to get him involved as well. But how big is it actually to to at least have that rhythm and get off to a hot start rather than slow things down? It's imperative. It's 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 that's what we have to do in this game. And you know, Isaiah sounds like a, a coach, man. He, he talks in those coaches' cliches. When you know, yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, that's that speaks to his background. And we have to win individual battles. That's just it. And, and Isaiah knows that. That's what coaches they they talk about and they pound it on these players. Win your individual battles. The Cleveland Browns are going to crowd the line of scrimmage. Each one of these guys are going to have an opportunity to win and show that they can win their individual battles. But Miles Garrett, Ogan Joby, all of these guys have the this is in their wheelhouse to get to the quarterback and not only just get to the quarterback, but create those turnovers. We've got to get in a rhythm. We've got to throw these guys off and not allow the Cleveland Browns defense to look at the film from some some prior games and say, look, we could come into this game and do the exact same thing to this Cowboys team. We've got to bully these guys. It's got to be bully ball and we got to take it to them. E Honda style Street Fighter. Ah, there we go. <laughs> right. Get the big yeah. palm ready. Yeah, let's let's throw our second Street Fighter reference in this week. I love it. Uh, before we had to break, whether or not 
You're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses. You'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lenses for you. See more, do more, Essilor. When we come back, it's one of my favorite segments of the entire week. Time to say it with your chest and predict not only the Cowboys game. I've got three more games for you coming up on the other side of the break. It's prediction time here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's the final segment here of Talking Cowboys, Week Four, Episode Five. It's prediction time. Time to say it with your chest. Here over the next eight minutes, feel free in the comments or in our Twitter mentions. Give your predictions to each of the games that we're talking about. I may even start keeping track of them a little bit. So stay consistent with us. Last segment every week on Talking Cowboys on a Friday. Come uh, or come with us with your predictions of these games. In the past, at least the first three weeks, we only predicted the Cowboys games. We only talked about the Cowboys games. Well, this week, we're 2-1. and one. Both me, along with Rob Phillips and Isaiah Stanback, we're all 2-1. and one. Heckma mm. Harrison is the only one mm. that's 1-2. and two, But luckily for Heckma, we're predicting three more games this week, and we'll predict four games every week. It's the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, and then a select game from the afternoon slates on Sundays are the ones that we're going to predict. Did he, did he slide you a 20? Did he slide uh, you a 20 to increase his chances? He may or may not I have, think so. but then he made fun of my shirt, so I don't know. We may, we may end up uh, asking <laughs> Freezer for fresh, man. <laughs> Freezer fresh. Ziploc bag. All right. First game of the week. Talking about the Bills on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a Buffalo team that's 3-0. The Raiders 2-1. Mm. Raiders had that big win on Monday Night Football against New Orleans. Heckma, we'll start with you. I'm going Bills Mafia. 
Got the Bills Mafia easy one for Heckma Rob. Yeah, Bills Mafia. Josh Allen slinging it around. I think they keep it up. I'm going with the Bills as well. Bills are tough, man. Yeah, that's a good team. I'm going to go with the Bills here as well, straight across the board. 31 points per game this season Sweet. from Buffalo. So nobody's gaining any ground on that one. All right, how about the Sunday night game? Our hated Philadelphia Eagles, 0-2-1. and I want them to start 0-3-1. San Francisco, their fourth straight Whoever they're game. playing. It's San Francisco and the 49ers. <laughs> fourth straight game with a winless team on the other sideline from them, which is kind of interesting to start the season. I'm going to go with the 49ers here, and it's not really even close to me. I still think mm. even with their JV team in, they should be able to to, to win this football game. Ouch. It should be a fun wow. one. But, hey, I'm, I'm okay with that. Hey, Sounds I'm sticking personal. with it. Go against the Eagles. I'm always against the Eagles, and I'm sure Cowboys fans out there will be there as well. All right, Isaiah, who you got? Anybody that's playing against Philadelphia, so the 49ers. <laughs> <Yeah>. Rob? <laughs> I'll take the Eagles. I think I think Peterson, oh. they're they're due. They'll find a way. They, they need to get a win bad to even have a chance here in the division. So I'll take Philly. Man, because of where we are in the NFC East, we desperately need for the Eagles to continue their losing ways. And that's why this came this Sunday is so important for us in our standings in the division. I'm going to say the Eagles lose. All right. I'm going with the 49ers. There you go. And it is on the road at San Francisco. So hopefully that provides a little bit of interesting tidbit in terms of the East Coast all the way over to the West Coast. And hopefully the 49ers pull that out and help the Cowboys. But I agree. I think the Philly, uh, I think Philly is definitely due. I just don't want them to win. So I'm picking the 49ers. All right. See, yeah. Now I now I know is as we go through the season, if I need a win to catch up, just I'm gonna take Philly. Take Philly <laughs> or, or New York is. or Washington. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. That's your game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you won't yeah. win a ton of those games, my friend. You won't win a ton of those games. You may may Probably. lose ground some Probably more. Not. Uh Monday night football. This one should be a fun one because it's the Packers in Green Bay hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay 35 plus points. In each of the first three games this season, an 0-3 Falcons team, who I mentioned earlier this week, might be the best 0-3 team we've seen in a long time. And then you've got a 3-0 Packers team that just continues to score points. Heckma, who you got? Well, I know that Atlanta's going to find a way to lose it, so I'm going with the Packers. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I am going with A-Ron a because they pissed him off by drafting a first-round mm. quarterback. Uh, that's... It's not something you do, so they made him angry, and he's on a rampage right now. And, unfortunately, my guy Dan Quinn gets fired afterwards, most likely. Oh, Oof. no. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Falcons are due either. Um, I, I put, I put Rodgers in the category of Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. If they're playing, I'm probably going to pick them to win. Uh, I don't know what the spread on this game would be, but I would definitely take the Falcons on the spread because they're playing for their coach. They're playing for uh, a chance to, to get back into the thick of things. But I also think Julio Jones is going to be active this week, and I think he'll be more efficient than they have been in the past. I'm going to take so. the Falcons out right here. I really think that they might surprise the Packers on the road. and Not just to change things up, but when you're 0-3, that extra level of desperation starts to pop out and I think that's something we might see from Atlanta this week so I'm going to take the Falcons all right here we go big one on Sunday 
The Cleveland Browns at 2-1 coming in with Baker Mayfield on the offensive side and a dual-headed backfield. You've got Miles Garrett on the defensive side taking on the Dallas Cowboys who desperately need to get back to 2-2. Two two. Isaiah has requested to go last, so I'm going to go first. And I'm going to make this easy on Cowboys Nation. No fake out like I've had the last couple of weeks. This is downright the game the Cowboys get back on track. They're going to win this one by at least two scores. I'm not necessarily... Say it with the chest. I'm saying it with my chest. I'm not saying it's a blowout. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think we're finally going to see what this defense can do against a regular offense and not an MVP in Russell Wilson, a former MVP and Matt Ryan and a Super Bowl caliber quarterback and offense with Sean McVay and Jared Goff in LA. I think they control Baker Mayfield. I think they stop the run a little bit more than any of the other teams have in the NFL. I think they beat the Browns by a couple scores. Heckma. Well, look. Hmm. Well, let me say this. You asked at the first segment, who, who do we miss? And I'm going to tell you, man, I miss the hot boys. I need the hot boys to show up on Sunday. All right. Jeff Heath, uh, Taco Charlton, Malik Collins. I need those hot boy chains back because I got a few guys over here that need those hot boy chains. That's what I need to happen. I need my defense to show up and shut this down. We need just an easy win on Sunday. We don't need all the theatrics and funny stuff. 28-7, Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Blowout. I don't think it's close. Okay, I don't. There's parts of this matchup I don't feel great about, and I think I'm I'm flashing. Like I said earlier, I'm flashing back to last year when we talked about slow starts and lack of takeaways and turnovers, and and every week it's like, okay, they're going to clean it up. They're going to clean it up, and that didn't happen in December. It is a new team, and it is a team that's still growing together. So while I think Cleveland has momentum, a two and one team that's starting to feel it a little bit. I feel better about the Cowboys' ability to get chunk plays offensively and score points. I think they've got they are more dynamic offensively than Cleveland, and for that reason, I'll go with the Cowboys, thirty to twenty-one. I love it. There you go. All right, Isaiah, you requested to go last. What's going on here? Oh gosh! Oh man! Oh, oh, here we go! Here we go! Oh, is he going to say it with his chest? We've, we've talked all week. We've talked all week. About the issues that are prevalent um, here. Uh, we've also talked about uh, whereas Cleveland is strong and um, where momentum is one and two versus two and one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a challenge. Um, I'm going to go 28 24. Cowboys are going to win the game because they have a little bit. More firepower on offense, but I am concerned about their ability to stop the run and to be efficient running the ball. Somehow, some way, the Cowboys figure it out. But I'm telling you, there's a little, there's a little piece of me inside that's like, hey, there's a problem here. There's a little problem here. So they better figure it out. Otherwise, it could be 28-24 the other way. But I'm going with the Cowboys this week. I, th- I think it's going to be a close game. A heck, when went with the blowout, he said, nah, this is the blowout. I respect it. You said it with your chest. It's a Friday. That's what this is for. However, I think this is going to be a really good game. I'm, like there, I'm right there with Isaiah and with Rob. Yeah. There are problems to be fixed. There are discussions to be had. But I think you're just the better football team, even with some of the problems that you're dealing with. And that's why I think all four of us win with the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to do it here for this week of Talking Cowboys. So glad you've been with us here over the last five days. It's been a ton of fun. We'll be back on Monday to break it all down for you, win or lose 
If we win, come party with us on Monday. If we lose, we'll we'll get through it together, and we'll talk through this one and three start and get you ready for the Giants coming up in week five. But until then, for Heckma Harrison, for Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, special thanks to Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans saying so long from the star in Frisco. That's it for Talking Cowboys. Enjoy the game on Sunday, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?